Uh, this morning's scripture reading is found in Luke uh, chapter 22. That is in, uh, on page 881 on the Pew Bibles, if you're in need of a Bible. Um, and we'll start in verse 1 of Luke chapter 22. <clears throat> now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes were seeking how to put him to death, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was of the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of a crowd. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, the teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it, just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and we had given thanks. He said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as, as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it could be who was going to do this. Thank you, Nick. Well, there are a lot of very important things that we do in life. But I want to suggest this morning that what we're going to do today as a church family ranks right near the top. Uh, today we are going to celebrate the, Lord, the Lord's Supper together as a body of believers. But I want us to think about what, what is the Lord's Supper and, and why is it important? We certainly don't want to just go through the motions. We don't want to partake of the Lord's Supper just because we do that on the first Sunday of each month. We want to do it with understanding as an exercise of faith. And so, I, I had asked Nick to read Luke 22, and I invite you to keep your Bibles open to Luke 22, verses 7 through 23, our sermon text for today. Here in this text of Scripture, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, which we're going to eat together this morning as a church family. Um, we want to dig into this text, but before we do that, I want us to make sure we don't miss the context of this passage here in Luke 22. Jesus had come to Jerusalem 
purposefully, intentionally, at the very time in which he came. He knew full well that he was, in fact, the promised Messiah, and that he was coming to Jerusalem to lay down his life. His time of suffering on the cross was drawing near. He knew that. As Nick had just read, Judas Iscariot had also just agreed to betray Jesus. Satan had entered into Judas, and Judas willingly gave in to his temptation. And as tragic as that was, this did not come as a surprise to Jesus. He, he knew about Judas' unbelief and his wicked scheme to betray him. And in verse 22, Jesus says, Woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And when Jesus cries out, Woe, he, he is expressing that what Judas is about to do will bring great sorrow and trouble. Judas had spent at least three years in the inner circle with Jesus as Jesus went about his earthly ministry, but still Judas did not believe the gospel. Now that context helps us to see that what Jesus is about to give us in the Lord's Supper is all the more needed for us today. Apart from, apart from the mercy and the grace of Jesus, we too could be just like Judas Iscariot. When Jesus came to Jerusalem to, to die, Jesus was in fact eager for the Passover. In, in verses 7-13, through 13, notice that Jesus sent Peter and John to make preparations for the Passover. And as they followed the instructions that Jesus gave, everything happened just as He had said. Uh, they found a man carrying a jar of water as they entered the city. And uh, historically, we know that normally ladies carried the water in that day. And so a man carrying a water jug uh, would in fact stand out to the crowd. So uh, they saw this man carrying the water jug. They, they followed him to the house. And they said to him, the teacher asked, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Now, some people debate whether Jesus had made prearrangements or whether Jesus was prophesying about this future event, but we aren't really told. Either way, though, the point is the same. Jesus was in complete control of these events leading up to His betrayal and death. Nothing. Absolutely nothing caught Jesus by surprise. Verse 14 tells us that when the hour came, so that being the beginning of the Passover, so when the hour came, Jesus and His apostles reclined at the table. The Old Testament taught the Israelites to eat the Passover with their cloaks and shoes on in order to be ready for their flight out of Egypt. And here, reclining was a normal way uh, for people uh, to eat their fellowship meals together. In, in verse 15, we are told that Jesus said, I have earnestly desired 
to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. suffer. So this earnestly desiring reveals a strong, heartfelt desire Jesus had. It, it was truly something that Jesus was looking forward to for a long time. He very much wanted to eat this Passover with his disciples. But why? What, what is the Passover? Well, in Exodus chapter 12, the Lord gave the Israelites instructions for the Passover. Israel at that time was enslaved in Egypt. And they, in fact, had cried out to their God in their great distress. And, and the Lord heard, and the Lord sent Moses to deliver them. The Lord, through Moses, commanded Pharaoh to let his people go. But Pharaoh didn't listen. The, the Lord was patient and, in fact, sent ten different plagues to give Pharaoh an opportunity to repent and to let God's people go, but Pharaoh refused. And so on that final plague, the Lord told Pharaoh through Moses and Aaron that at about midnight, he would go throughout Egypt and kill every firstborn man and cattle. And at the very same time, the Lord instructed Israel to sacrifice a one-year-old lamb without blemish. And they would eat a meal of this roasted lamb with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They, they were to eat it with their belt tucked into their cloak and their sandals on their feet. They were to eat it in haste because the Lord was preparing to deliver them from slavery. And and here, here's the most important part. They were to take some of the blood from the Passover lamb and sprinkle it on the doorpost and the lintel of their house. And here is what the Lord said He would do in Exodus chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. And I quote, For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all of the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all of the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So those covered by the blood of the Passover lamb would be spared judgment by the Lord. So the Lord instructed Israel to make this Passover feast an annual feast so they would remember forever how the Lord had spared their lives by the blood of this Passover lamb. Well, fast forward to Jesus coming into Jerusalem just as the city was preparing for the Passover feast. Perfect timing, right? Well, because of that Old Testament event, um, how, and how it pointed, that Old Testament event pointed to something far greater. They, they were observing that Passover feast, but we know that it pointed to something greater because Jesus was, in fact, the Passover Lamb. The blood of Jesus sprinkled on our hearts spares us from the judgment 
that we deserve from God for our sin. The, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sin so that we can be forgiven and restored to God. You, you can understand why Jesus in Luke 22.15 said, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. He earnestly desired this. But because of what Jesus says in verse 16, uh, Luke 22, we, we must ask the question, what, when does the Passover find fulfillment? Jesus says in verse 16, for I tell you, I will not eat it, and then some manuscripts um, include the word again or never eat it again, until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. So what is Jesus saying here? Well, we, we know from uh, many other very clear passages of Scripture in the New Testament that Jesus' first coming, the kingdom of God, was inaugurated. It began. This is why Jesus began His earthly ministry saying, and I quote, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the Gospel. That's Mark 1.15. Jesus reveals Himself as the promised King, the righteous King, who will reign forever. He has begun to reign in this age. And He is adding, his, he's adding people to His kingdom as the Gospel is preached and as people believe. And when you believe the Gospel for your salvation, you enter into the kingdom of God today. Jesus is your king. You live for the honor of your king. He, he has been given all authority to reign as king. And he is doing that today redemptively. But we also know that the kingdom of God will be fully manifest at the second coming of Christ. And I think that is what Jesus is referring to in verse 16 of Luke 22. Clearly, Jesus ate the Passover with the disciples. And in the process of doing that, He gave us the instruction that we repeat every month when we partake of the Lord's table. And here in this Luke 22 passage, we have the Last Supper that Jesus had with His disciples. But as He does this, and this is, I think, the fascinating thing, as He does this, as He has this Last Supper with His disciples, Jesus is making a pledge to have another meal with His disciples when He comes again. The Jewish Passover from Exodus 12 was a picture of deliverance from death and slavery in Egypt. And in that case, the Lord triumphed over Egypt. But that experience was really given to point to something greater. Jesus as the Passover lamb. Jesus shed His blood as the spotless lamb to deliver us from death and, and slavery to sin. And today, by faith in Jesus, we stand forgiven before God. We are justified as we talked about last week. Jesus took our sin and gave us His righteousness. By, by faith, we stand 
stand before God in the righteousness of Jesus. The, the penalty of our sin was paid in full by Jesus. Praise God for that reality. But last week I also talked about how our salvation includes our progressive sanctification. That is, the process of ongoing growth and change as a believer. The the power of sin was broken so we can grow in holiness and love for God and love for people. But our salvation also includes the promise of glorification. When, When Jesus comes again, those who are living by faith in Jesus will receive glorified bodies and live in the presence of Jesus on the new heaven and new earth forever. And at that time, the presence of sin will be removed completely. The penalty of sin was paid in full. The, the, the power of sin was broken. But in that time, at that time when we stand before God in our glorified state, the presence of sin will be removed completely. Paul, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 51-55. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? That that day will be the climax of our great salvation. So, because Jesus is our Passover Lamb, today we can be justified. We can be progressively sanctified, but when Jesus comes again, we will be glorified. That that is the great day yet to come for all believers. And this is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.26, when he gives us instruction for how we shall eat the Lord's Supper today, And I quote, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. (laughs) Don't miss that last little part. Until He comes. In that day, when Jesus comes again, our rescue from sin and death will be complete. On that day, we will, be, we will fully triumph over sin and death. And so, when, when does the Passover find fulfillment? I would argue that a partial fulfillment happened when Jesus shed His blood for us. We, we remember that when we eat the Lord's Supper today. But... In the full and final triumph over sin and death at the second coming of Jesus, the Passover will be completely fulfilled. And when that happens, 
And when that happens, there will be another meal. What, what meal is yet to come? Well, Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 through 9 tells us there we're told what will happen when Jesus comes again. Uh, verse 6 through 9. Listen as I read. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. So, follow with me. Initially, the Passover reminded the Jew how the shed blood of the Passover Lamb had spared them from judgment and death in Egypt. But it also pointed to something more. The Passover was partially fulfilled when Jesus shed His blood to set us free from the penalty and power of sin. The Lord's Supper reminds us that through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we are promised eternal life. But the Lord's Supper also reminds us that Jesus is coming again. And when He comes again, we will be delivered once and for all from the presence of sin, and we will fully enjoy God forever. When that day comes, it will be celebrated with the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it will be the feast of all feasts. There will be none other like it. What a great day that will be. But... Today, as we look forward to that day, we are instructed by Jesus to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And we do this with thankful hearts for what we've already been given by Jesus. We are justified. We are being progressively sanctified. But we do this also looking forward to the day when we will be glorified, when we will triumph over sin and death fully and finally at the second coming of Jesus. Now, back to Luke 22, verses 19 and 20. Uh, Jesus says, we're told this, And He took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup is poured out for you in the new covenant in my blood. That's the instructions that Jesus has given to us. And that's what we want to do today. And so I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. I'm going to invite the, other, the elders to come to the front. Let's sing a couple of songs, and then we'll partake of the Lord's Supper together.
please stand with us.